prayer that we haven't quite heard yet from you. We want you to keep telling us about it so we can hear the goodness of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And, uh, what I'm seeing, I'm seeing some good evidence around the house. Amen. We're seeing some good evidence that we are a supernatural church serving a supernatural God. And nothing is too hard for him if we can believe it. Amen. It's according to his will. We can believe it. We're going to see it happen. Amen. Yeah. And I'm glad to see it when it happens in your life. Well, uh, I have this uh, amazing privilege today and just to talk to you about our speaker this morning and uh, someone I'm just so excited about to hear and come bring the word this morning. And, amen. Yes, yes, yes. And uh, this is uh, an amazing uh, man of God. That I want to talk about, and I'm just excited to talk about this man and faithfulness over many, many years. Amen. And uh, okay, I'm talking about Minister Sam Giles. All right, that way you can, yeah, Amen, become a little stronger. Sometimes you might need a little more information. Minister Samuel Giles, okay, faithful man of God. Amen. All right, sometimes I make sure you get that out there so you know we're talking about. And uh, I really, I really, I really just appreciate uh, Minister Sam and. Uh, Pastor David uh, uh, wanted him to come and share with us this morning, knowing that this man has been proven over over time. Amen. We've seen him grow. Amen. We've seen him mature. We have seen him excel. We have seen him just take off in the spirit. Amen. And uh, he is, one of the things I was talking to Minister Monica about is, yes, I think we need to uh, continue to just bring more recognition to the body, I think. Uh, because again, when you go somewhere to a new church or you've been there even for a little bit, you don't quite know what's what, you know, who's who, what's, what's what, who's there, what's going on, who's connected. All of that, I think, is, I think is important, helps people to just feel more part of the body. I saw someone shaking their head who's kind of new around here, so you're probably saying thank you uh, for those opportunities. And uh, I appreciate that, too, uh, when I first came here. But Minister Sam is, uh, first of all, man of God in his own right. And then he's also, you see Minister Monica quite a bit around here. Minister Monica, go ahead and stand up. You see her serving in so many different ways around the church. And in the ministry. Thank you, Minister Monica. Uh, but Minister Sam is the husband of Minister Monica. How about that? And uh, he's a great spiritual covering, I know, for his wife and great encouragement in the things that she does. Uh, and so just want to make mention that he's also the father of four great children. And uh, they can stand right quick with those children. You know, who, who's who? Okay, I see two, I see three. Where's the other one? Oh, one, two, three. Where's uh, Ariana? That's what I'm missing. There we go. Okay, amen, amen, good. And uh, I would say about Minister Sam, we recognize his, his children because he is an awesome teacher to his children. Uh, he is a committed teacher. He teaches his children. They have Bible studies. And he sits down and goes to the word of God with them. And you can see the fruit of, the, of, of, of what he's been doing and sowing into his family. Because you see them all serving and serving well and serving with joy. And uh, I really appreciate that about him. Um, he also helps to lead our uh, young people's department, HD3D. Amen. This guy's connected. He helps to lead our Jets just up the street ministry on the base. Along with his uh, wonderful wife, uh, he also works in our instructional ministry. Been back and been in there serving for many, many years, teaching our children. Looking at Dane about to go, and many who are about to go who've been here for a while. 
Minister Sam was one of those who has sown a lot into the lives of those children. Our young adults can say the same thing that Minister Sam has sown a lot into their lives. So a lot that he's doing, we don't always get to see or, or quite know. But we want the body to know what he's been doing. Uh, he's been serving in the Navy here for how many years now? Just in 18 years in the Navy. And uh, so with that means he's been gone quite a bit, right? He's had a lot of military commitment in here, in and out. Oh, he's also been our drummer for many, many years. I don't know if I get that. And I, I like when he uh, plays those drums. You've done a great job, sir. And I want to acknowledge that, too. You've done an amazing job. Appreciate you, man. Amen. I don't like missing anyone. And we have a new keyboardist back here, if y'all see. Brother Anthony Cheatham. All the way from New York. New York. I guess in New York City. If I should have been here, from New York. Randy would be happy about that. And Miss Ava, they celebrate. Got some New York folk up in here. And I uh, really appreciate you guys. But 18 years of serving, but now he's on, on shore duty. And we really thank God for him making it to shore duty. That means we get to see him a lot more. And we get to experience him a lot more. And uh, we really appreciate that. He's also um, has been faithful in the Navy. He's been such a role model, uh, such a, an amazing example of how to live for God. And uh, for most of us know, and some may not know, he, he's also one of our recent chief selectees. And uh, that's, a, that's, that's, that's a, a reward of serving God and serving God well. And we rejoice in that. We look forward to him putting it on next month. Here coming up, he and Melinda and Catherine, who's deployed right now. We look forward to that. And so, Minister Sam, we honor you, man. We receive you as a gift to the body of Christ. And uh, we're going to go ahead and stand on our feet. Let's receive this man of God and let God use it. Amen. So into his life. Believe God for all the amazing ministry that's working in his life. Amen. Uh, just truly, God, God has blessed me with the uh, two sons. 
So he must knew something was in me that I was able to raise two young men. I'm not knowing fully what it is yet, but I'm going to continue to uh, train these young men as God has given me the uh, chance to do so. But I want to share with you something that just really blessed my heart. On last Sunday, we were, I was uh, in the back teaching class, and Adam Nash is in my class. And um, what I do right before every uh, class session is I do a Bible challenge. And what I do is I say, kid, I want you to get familiar with your Bible, so I want you to, uh, I'm going to say a scripture. I want you to go in there and find it. And when you find it, I want you to just start reading. And if you get it right, if you're the first one, I'm going to start to can you know, it's a little bit thin, but now they love it. You know, I remember when uh, what, Naomi, my sister Naomi, my sister-in-law Naomi, she was one of the ones I was teaching. So I've been teaching for a little while. Thank God for that. So I've been playing those games for a long time. And I truly thank God for these people, young people growing up. So Adonijah, that day in that class last Sunday, uh, he didn't get it. I think we went through like seven or eight scriptures. Do you remember what he was? Seven or eight scriptures. And uh, Dominique, uh, Dominique Edwards, that girl was on it. Bam, bam. Little Dory in the heart. They was on it. Bam, bam. They got those scriptures real quick. And I, I just was, he was getting frustrated, but I didn't see it at the time. I was just like, well, you know, you know better look next time. And, uh, you know, no problem. I'm going to have some candy. To my, my thinking, understand, I got candy. I still have candy left over. They can get it. At the church, I'll pass it out. No problem. But the Adonijah, he wanted to succeed. He wanted to be great. He wanted to let it be known that he was doing something really good. He wanted to win. He wanted to have that opportunity to be recognized as winning. And uh, so through the course of the class, I was um, teaching and I was asking the kids at the end of the class, what did you learn? No, I was asking them, I said, hey, you want to read the scriptures? So they read the scriptures. And when I got there that night, he was like, what? What? What scripture is it? I'm like, come on, son. You need to be paying attention more than anybody. You must learn. So I gave him the scripture. I didn't tell him that. I was just thinking in my head. So I gave him the scripture. He read it. But I could tell he was a little distant in class, and I thought maybe he was a little tired. So we got on, and then at the end of the class, I wanted to make sure that I invested in him properly. So I asked him, what did you learn today? So I went around the class, and I got the Adonijah. The son, what did you learn? He was like, I don't know. I'm like, man, this boy is right next to me. Why is he not learning nothing? I can tell, you know, then it got hit me. God was like, hey, son, you need to pay attention. Something's going on right there. So I said, oh, okay, Lord. So rather than getting upset, and this is what I really truly appreciate about God, because we just got to learning about, somebody was telling, I can't remember who it was, but enjoy the journey. Because pretty soon they'll be out the house and they'll be doing other things, and you're going to miss those things about them. So in, in enjoying the journey, I remembered that. So I told my son, I said, son, well, we was passing through the hallways, and I said, son, what is going on? And he just was not... Uh, in the, he was not in there today. What was bothering me? And he told me, he said, I was just frustrated because I wanted to win. I wanted to find that scripture again. Oh, it, it, it touched my heart, maybe. It, it brought tears to my eyes. Even, even right now, a little bit. It brought tears to my eyes because he wanted to succeed. And what God had me say, now, as a father, you know, I was like, compassion filled my heart, and I just was not something I was strong to in compassion, but I was like, boy, suck it up, let's get it going. The compassion filled my heart that day. And I was like, son, you know what? You should focus on the things that you did not do well, but there's so many other things that he's good at. And I said, I got candy. You want candy, brother? You can, you can, you can have it. And this is what I told him. And, and I told him you can have candy anytime you want to because I'm your father. You know, even though you don't do well, there's so many other things that you do well. But I want you to know that I, I celebrate the things that you do well. And those things that you do not wait. And I told him, we're going to practice when we get home. We're going to practice getting those scriptures because he want to be good. And I honor that. 
So I'm gonna help him get practice so he can beat them other kids. You know what I mean? I'm, 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 I'm in his corner. You know what I mean? I want him passing out in class to him the way he uh, the way he was desired. And I can help him do that. So I want to invest in him. I know he's got some things that he wants to uh, to get. I just want to invest in him and say, y'all love him. All right, you go ahead and say that. Show me this little skit. That was for my son, so I'm going to dedicate this to my son. But I saw it and I thought it was just so beautiful. I'm getting a lot of emotional. I don't know what it is, but it really, it really touched my heart. But there was this little kid. This was a little kid in the yard, really loved baseball, and he was, he was everybody. He was the pitcher, he was the batter, he was the base catcher, and he was the commentator. So check this out. So, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest batter of all time is coming to the plate. He sees, the, he sees the pitcher, he doesn't think nothing of him. He thinks nothing of him. He winds up for the pitch. Strike out! That's okay, he's the greatest batter in the world. That's okay, that's the greatest batter in the world. He's the bottom of the night. He's ready. He sees the pitcher. He sees the pitcher, he's winding up. The pitcher, the pitcher throws the ball. He tweaks. He misses. Strike two. Come on. Strike two. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't have to tell you what this means for the whole crowd. If he loses this, we lose the fight. We, I mean, not lose the fight, but we lose the game. He looks at the pitcher. Looks at the mound. Looks at the crowd. Ladies and gentlemen, I think he's going to do it. <laughs> you see, the pitcher gives him that cold stare. Now the pitcher throws it up. Strike three, you're out! <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the greatest batter has been struck out by the greatest pitcher alive. You guys get it? I was a pitcher too. Uh, <laughs> I should let that sink in a little bit. That's what you've done. All right. What are we talking about today? Thank you, Pastor Brosson, for uh, giving this uh, this uh, great introduction. I was uh, hoping that wasn't going to happen because I had something to tell you. But what I want to talk to you guys about is what qualifies us. What qualifies us for God's blessings? What qualifies us for God's uh, promises that he has in his Bible? And a lot of you in the house of God, you may already know. But I just want to refresh it for some of you guys. It's going to be a review for some of you guys. And for some of you guys that do not know how to get the promises of God, i got some basic application for you that will help you. And that is my goal, just bring it brilliant on the basis. Amen? Amen? So first of all, what qualifies me? Well, I can tell you right now, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I had nothing, there's nothing spectacular about me, regardless of what Pastor Brussels says. He says some wonderful things. God bless you, Pastor Brussels. But let me tell you what you don't know. I'm not that great of a father, but God is able. And let me tell you also that I have sinned in my life. All right? Let me tell you also that I, I was the villain. I think about the passion of Christ really blessed my heart on that movie. When I think about Barabbas, when they took Barabbas instead of Jesus Christ, I was like, man, that is me right there. 
I was Barabbas. I didn't deserve it. I know I offended some people in the crowd. And I, they still chose me because they wanted to see Jesus killed on that cross. And then I thought about the guy that was on the cross next to Jesus. He's like, he, he didn't even do nothing to deserve this. I deserve hell. I deserve the crowns. I deserve the thorns. I deserve to be whipped. I deserve a hell. I did some things I'm not proud of. I made some mistakes. And if you ask me, I am not ashamed. Transparent, I'll tell you. Because if it can help you not do what I do and have a social walk of fight, I'm in there for it. That's what it's all about to me. So let me tell you what I did. I am one. I don't know about any of you guys, but I am one of the ones that put Jesus on that cross. My sins, they were on the cross. He died for them. So what I consider myself is a villain. So what do you know about that? The hero dying for the villain. You got any villains in here? Hallelujah! I'm in good company. I'm in good company. We're all villains up in here. Sinners saved by grace. And I truly thank God. That is a wonderful thing. Because what he did for me, in spite of what I did to him, but now that I have come into the knowledge, and this is the important thing, now that I have come into the knowledge, no longer the villain. Now I'm an advocate like Paul, telling the good news of what Jesus has done for me. When I did not deserve it, when I didn't ask his permission, when I didn't, he didn't seek my counsel, he died for me. Now oh, that's a wonderful thing. But what qualifies us? So when you think about qualifications, you think that, um, you think about, let me go to my notes. I got everything written down, but I want to get ahead of myself. But uh, what qualifies me to be up here before you? And like I said, I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And uh, when the pastor asked me to come speak, I was like, it's a great opportunity. And I'm going to be obedient. I remember, and I don't, I don't focus on uh, my shortcomings and what I'm not able to do. I'll, I'll focus on the obedience first. Because when you focus on what you're not able to do, it makes it very hard for you to accomplish the task that God has for you. Amen? I remember I was on a ship one time, and the, uh, one of the chaplains had asked me to sing. Now, for you that don't know me, I, I love to sing, but that is not my strong point. But he didn't know that, and the congregation didn't know that, but they was going to soon find out. But you know what I, what I thank God for is that when I went up there, I said, yes, sir, I'll do it. And I went up there, and I sung the song, and I didn't touch Before I went up there, I didn't go up there and say, hey, uh, I can't sing. But I'm going to give God glory and then spend the next five minutes showing them that I can't sing. They don't need to hear that. What they need to hear is the obedience going forward let the church go. So when I went up there, I sang. And you know what? I love to sing because everybody else in there, they didn't sing that good either. So I was able to sing and I could sing loud and then I did my ad-lib. I love to do the ad-lib now. And it was a wonderful thing. And God got the glory. And I sat down and I listened to that word and I said it was an awesome word. And then I glory in that song that I sung. Not at all. Because what? Why am I doing this with my hands? Okay. The point is, the point is that uh, God's going to have His way. So I'm not going to give you a whole lot of reasons why I don't qualify. I'm not going to give you a whole lot of reasons why I'm up here and what what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm just going to be obedient because when the pastor says do something, that's what I do. And I want that to be a direct reflection of how we serve Christ. And Amen. I want that same thing for you. Amen. So when you think about qualifications, you think about there is a certain criteria. And what I love about God is that he has the right, being our creator and we being created by him, he has the right to have conditions on his blessings. And that's very true. We have been so, we have been in his grace so much that sometimes we get blessings 
that we did not deserve. But that's His grace, right? That's His mercy. But what I love is that some, some blessings, some promises require some conditions. And we're going to go over a few things. You've heard some scriptures before, and I want to go over there. But what I want to do is I want to bring those qualifications in. And for you young people, I just want to bring to your attention that there are qualifications that you, as children, have to face. You know that when you want to go outside and you want to go play and say, Mom and Dad, can I go outside? And they say, well, is your room clean? Did you do your chores? Did you do the things that I have assigned you to do? And if it's a long pause, your parents, I guarantee your parents already know that it's not been done. But if you say yes, then you know your answer is going to be yes. You want to go to Wild Ways, you want to go to the theme parks, there are some qualifications that you have to do. Maybe some long-term things that you have to do. Let's get some grades up higher than the B, higher than the C. Things that you want. I know my daughter, she was looking for an iPod. I said, okay, we can do an exchange on that. Show me some good grades, and then I'll be happy to spend that money on that iPod because I think that's a great investment. Thank you, brother. And as you teenagers, ah, good. As you teenagers go, you guys want to get ready to drive more freedom, amen, things that you want. And uh, the qualifications that's required to drive, I know that I talk to my daughter about this all the time. As you, I'm going to teens. I'm not going to put my daughter out there. But teens, what does it take for you to drive? Three things. Don't, don't help me, parents. Oh, is that teens I talk to? Let me hear it. Say it loud. License. Say common sense. That's very good. I didn't think about that one. Uh, license. Registration. Driver's license. Driver's license. Registration. Say it over here. I heard it over here. Insurance. I don't have the kids. Let me do it on yourself. Insurance. Very good. Then you're qualified to drive. Now, I know as parents, I, was using, I know it would behoove me to remind them that a car is required, too. All right? So work on getting your own car. All right? So those are things that are required. So those are qualifications. If you get all those things, then you're allowed to drive on the road in America. Right? Those are the qualifications that's required. Now, let's say we're going for jobs. I'm talking to the teens and the young people. You're going for the job. Sure, yeah, you can be qualified. You can start at the bottom, and you may not have all the skills that you need to do a job. But they'll take you in. But there are still some qualifications that you have to have inside the household before you take that job. Am I right, parents? There is a requirement. Usually, common, I'm just going to say generally, that you need to make sure your grades stay up. Same as sports. Make, make sure your grades stay up. Make sure that your household things are not being uh, neglected. And make sure that if you are given, and maybe some parents are uh, different on this aspect, but some parents require you to invest back into the house. Bring a little of that change back into the house and show your parents that you appreciate them for taking care of you for 16 odd years or so. All right? And some parents may be different, and God bless you if that's the way you want to do it. I already let my girls know. <laughs> so, qualifications. When you go on a job, you've seen the ads in the paper, or you've seen it online that uh, this is a certain job that I want, right? And then they say experience necessary. Training uh, will be provided, or they want uh, education, they want training. And before you go off for that job, you have to know what you're qualified to do. You have to do what is required before that you will be able to qualify for that job. And I know a lot of people will say that, hey, uh, I didn't get the job. And, but I really feel like, you know, if you didn't get the job, maybe there was something that was missed. And in the kingdom of God, God, I'll tell you, sometimes the things that we do not get from God is because one step was missed. And I'm going to have you consider that today. And I want to just bring some of these things out today. So as we go through the scriptures, if you go through the scriptures with me, I would greatly appreciate it. Because I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to hear from the word of God. 
Okay? So, um, oh, thank you, God. I think I wrote all this stuff down. I don't want to miss anything. And relationships. Don't we have uh, qualifications for relationships? I know it seems like we don't sometimes with people that we pick, especially when we was doing bro- boyfriend and girlfriend things. I don't know, I really have no qualifications. I was just glad somebody wanted me, so I was definitely good with <laughs> But as I got older, and I knew that I had to make a good decision. And I tell you right now that after 16 years of marriage, made a great decision. And I guarantee you, I think I was more lucky than I was on a great decision because God knew what I needed and gave exactly what I needed. Praise God for that. But when, when we were looking for girlfriends and boyfriends, we had certain stipulations that we wanted, that we desired, things that we enjoyed, right? Guys, you wanted a girl that was more, maybe more popular, liked her hair and stuff. Oh, you know what? Give me, I did say that. Cause I did like, believe it or not, I did like nerdy looking girls with glasses for some reason. <laughs> God knew what I wanted. I, you're not nerdy. Woo! <laughs> Thank God for his grace. But I wanted, I wanted, I did like nerdy looking girls with glasses. I thought they were smart to help me with my homework, but I was pretty good at school. But like for you guys, you have certain criteria that we want, and we won't get all this into it. We're not going to get all this into that. And for the girls, you have certain criteria that you wanted for boys, and we don't really need to get into that either. You know what your criteria was. And then when you're looking for a mate, there were some, some, some qualifications that you were looking for. And uh, I think that's a really good thing, because if you're not looking for certain qualifications, that could be a problem. And there's lined out in the Word of God what you should be looking for. All right? I think it says that we should be, uh, men should be looking for and uh, women should not be looking for, is that right? All right, so men, let's, let's, let's follow after the scriptures. And that was uh, the last one. So how can we identify in his word the criteria and the requirements? And you, uh, you may be familiar, I want you to understand, you may be familiar with some of the things. Like in some, in some of the scriptures, and I'm not saying all, they, uh, the criteria usually will be in the scripture that says if, then, and when. Not saying that all of them will be like that, but usually that's the, usually the key, the key point. If, then, and when. So when you go home and you read your Bible this week, not later, when you read your Bible this week, I want you to look at that. I want you to see how God has given you criteria on how that you can be successful to receiving his promises, to receiving his blessings. Also, I want you to understand so that um, God takes joy, uh, you should take joy and knowing that when God says something, he is not man. So what does that mean? That he's not man, that means that he's, fall, he's, uh, he's faithful. And that means that when he says he's promising you something, you can take it to the bank. You can cash that. Cause that's what's going to happen. So if something that you're not being able to take to the bank, you may need to go back and check the qualification. Is there something that you're missing? Okay? Because he is faithful. And that's what I think I love about him. If you can, if you, he sets it out and says, this is what you can do. This is what you're entitled to. And this is what you are uh, saying to do, what you're entitled to. And this is who you are. All right? And if so you find yourself outside of enemy's realm, then you need to beware. I'm asking you to be warned because that might be a problem. Because when you're not inside the will of God, that means you're outside the will of God. By default, that is a problem. You might be uh, on his uh, receiving end of his wrath. And this is not something that you want to be guaranteed. All right? Speaking from experience. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm glad. Also, I want you to keep in mind that some of his problems, promises, some of God's promises are commands. And how, as Christians, do we treat God's commands? 
I expect a silence because sometimes we treat God's command as suggestions. God's commands are not suggestions. If you write, if you write, please write that down. God's commands are not suggestions. This is what He expects of us. This is the standard, and this is what we will do. We find ourselves not doing what God said because, hey, I'm not there yet. God hasn't worked that out in my life. There is a process. It does not state, state that in the scriptures. I'm still looking, but it hasn't stated that yet. So that means what we do not have in line with God, what, what He's wanting to do for us, or what He wants us to do, we need to just line up. What is hard about being obedient. And, that, and I don't want to say that I'm on a soapbox and that I've done everything right. By far, I tell you, I, like I said before, I was a villain. And I did it wrong. But as I grow more in Christ, I find myself knowing that, you know what, this is not this is not something I need to compromise with. Especially if I want to be effective in the kingdom of God. Especially if I am leading other people to Christ. Uh, compromise is not a uh, thing that I have to have in my life. Compromise is not something that you should have in your life either. Consider your ways. We also see that warnings and consequences follow of not following or obeying his command. So today, if you find yourself outside the lines, like I said before, line up. Line up today. Now, as you read the scriptures, you will usually find that the promises with words like it went and then. Oh, I said that. Thank you, Jesus. All right. So, for those that have your Bibles, you want to go to the first scripture? Is it Leviticus? Those of you have your Bibles, those of you have electronically or flipping pages, let's go to Leviticus 26. We're going to start at the third verse. Just to give you a little history, this is one of the uh, Palestine covenants that we're going to be looking at. This is before uh, Jesus came and uh, brought his grace down. But just to give you an example of what the things that God was promising, the things that God had said, and uh, the covenant that he had. This is the Palestinian covenant. Blessings promised for obedience. And what we want to do is I just want to pull out the criteria so that you can see. All right, 26 and 30. Starting at the third verse. It says, if you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them. All right, now right there, there it is right there. Walk in my statutes, keep my commandments, and do them. Those are three things. And like I said before, when you uh, find yourself... Looking at the qualifications, you don't want to overlook not one thing. You don't want to overlook it. If you're looking for the promises of God, you want to prove Him to be who He said He is, you have to do your part. Because I can easily look at that scripture and I can say, um, keep my, oh, okay, what is that? Walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and then not do them. What good is it to keep His commandments? What good is it to walk in and not take action, that last action, and do them? All right? And as it follows, it says, Then I will give you rain in due season. That's one. The land shall yield or increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And number five, you see the beginning of verse five, what does that say? Yeah. Oh, my Bible says, Amen. Yeah. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and ye shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. Sixth verse says, And, and I will give you peace in the land, and ye shall lie down. None shall make you afraid. And I will rid evil beasts out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. Number seven. And you shall cease 
and your, your enemy, you shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall forward by your sword. And, and five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred you shall chase, shall put ten thousand to flight, and your enemy shall fall before you by the sword. Number nine. What does say? For I will have respect unto you, and make your, make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. And you shall eat the old store, and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among, among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. And I will walk among you, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people. And I can go on, if you look at on, it just continues to add on to what he's saying. But what, what was the criteria in those scriptures at the beginning? To walk out his statutes, to keep his commandments, and to, to do. Amen. God did it. Let me give you a couple more examples. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. Amen. While we turn to 2 Chronicles uh, 7 and 14, to give you a little history. This is King David, great King David. He was lying on his deathbed. His time was about up. And he was uh, imparting to his son Solomon what he wanted him to know. Hello? Oh, no, that is not the one. That is not the one. Please forgive me. I said first, second Chronicles, I meant to say first Kings two and four. Let's go to first Kings two and four. First Kings two and four. Like I said, this is instruction from King King David to Saul. charge of the Lord of Lord thy God. I'm going to start with the verse. To walk in his ways and keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. And it is written in the law of Moses that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. That the Lord may continue his word which he spake concerning me. And now you know that King David had a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said the Lord continue his covenant concerning me saying if thy children Take heed of their way to walk before me in truth with all their hearts and with all their souls. There shall not fail thee, said he, a man on the throne of Israel. So what are the, what's the criteria today that Solomon needs to follow? What is the criteria that God was setting out? Because this was the promise. The promise that it was a covenant that was given to David and that it was going to follow, continue to follow on to, to uh, Solomon. He said, if thy children take heed to their way, in all their hearts, with all their souls. With all their hearts and with all their souls. So not just taking heed, but you had to take heed with your heart and your soul. And just be mindful that, that there are some ways which you may just do it halfway. It may just be with your mind. It may just be with your soul. But that the criteria says, with all thy heart, with all thy soul. And teens and young people, you got to understand that when your parents are teaching you, that if you obey your parents, the Bible says that your days will be lengthened on this earth. And if you are disobedient... Your days will be shortened. 
It's by default. If you're not doing what the parents told you to do, you're going to default to it. I even consider now, as a, as a grown man of uh, 37 years old, that I look forward to those opportunities because I'm going to be obedient to my mother. God bless me with another mother. So I'm going to be obedient to both those mothers. I'm expecting double life with that. And you guys, should, you guys should have that same mindset that you don't want to die early. You want to get all that God has for you. That would be the blessing. All right, now let's go to first, uh, Second Chronicles 7 and 14. Let's check the criteria there. And in this scripture, in this scripture, I want to let you know that this is where when Solomon had got, uh, completed building the uh, kingdom, uh, the temple, the tabernacle for God, the uh, God's promise or God's uh, presence. And as he had finished this, God had spoke with him. Now I'm going to go. I'm going to back up to the twelfth verse. And this is God appearing to Solomon, which is a wonderful thing. And he said, "The Lord appeared to Solomon by night." They said to him, I have heard thy prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. And I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. All right, now, so what's the criteria there? Humble themselves. Pray. Seek my face. And turn from their wicked ways. And then the benefit of it, I will hear from heaven. Now, I thought that was a really awesome thing. I didn't study that part out. But he said, then will I hear from heaven. Now, he will hear, this is God himself saying, I will hear from heaven. Places where he dwells. Came down on this earth to talk to Solomon. But he was still in heaven. He said, I will hear from heaven. Who, who's up there that he's got to hear from? I don't know. We'll find that out later. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> to seek my face. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. Forgive their sins. And heal their land. So you guys are seeing it? You guys are seeing the criteria? You got to walk it out. Precept of precept. Follow everything that the word has to say. Now let's go to the uh, new covenant after Jesus has died. We're going to go to uh, Matthew 16, the 24th verse. passage of scripture, the disciples are tested. Jesus is asking his disciples in, uh, uh, the value of a soul. So in the 24th verse it says, Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now this is just coming after him. And when you see those criteria, like that, the criteria is not something I want to I qualify for. I don't know 
I want to follow you, Jesus, because I know that there are some things that are going to be required, and there are going to be some hard things required. But when you really want it, you find that those criteria, those requirements, are not that hard when you really, really want it. Does anybody really want God today? He says, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. This cross that we bear, what is this cross that we bear? Someone may ask a question, and I want to make it perfectly clear to you. That when he says, take up your cross and follow me, this cross that you bear may be different for some, and it may be uh, a ver different variation, but the bottom line, the baseline is, it, is that the burden of following after God is to be doing his will. And as you do his will, some of you may have to walk and do his will. You may have to walk it out with ailment. You may have to walk it out with a uh, with the, uh, affliction, and not affliction of pain, but affliction of um, the, the, the charge that he has you or the calling that he has given you in your life. That you may have to walk that out in evangelism. That you have such a burden for, for men to come to Christ. To men to man up and live for God. You may have a burden for women's ministry. You may have a burden for outreach, evangelism, prophecy. But that is your cross. That is your cross to bear. And you have to carry it out. So when you look at this scripture, he says, if you want to come after me, take upon the things that I have placed inside you. Take upon the things that I have given you to walk it out. Your walk is specific to what he needs you to do. So take pride in your walk that he has given you this specifically for you. And you find yourself doing things that other people can't do. And you find yourself doing things well. And you find yourself challenging in the areas where other people like, man, they really give you praise for what you do. But that is your burden. That is a part of your cross to carry. And make sure, make sure that it's giving God glory. Yeah. Now what I really, I was sharing with the uh, young people last night is I had brought an example, I had brought a uh, chair out here. And I said that people use that as a ladder. But the person who designed the chair didn't make that to be used as a ladder. Oh, now I brought out a uh, butter knife, good old butter knife. You guys know you didn't have screwdrivers? That butter knife suffice. But that's not what he was made for. Now I'm sure the inventor of it would not appreciate it. And that's what I have. I had a shoe. We well, you know what you use shoes for, right? The hammer. Kill them roaches. The nail beam. Though it is good for that purpose and it can't be used, that's not what the Creator made it for. And then I brought it back to us. And now I'm going to bring it back to you. What did God create for you? Come on. What did He create you to be? This is the cross that you have to carry. And I know I see a lot of people, but I, I, was, I was talking to uh, some people the other day, and they were talking about artists, how they go out and they sing songs, they started off in church. God created them, God blessed them with that voice, and they, they took it out to the world to, to please the world and, and to uh, satisfy the lust of the flesh. But that's not what God has created them for. And then you find them that their, their career may have had a high, then they took a dip low. Some of you may not even know where they are. Where are they now? Or they're passing away because of drugs or things that they have fallen into. Because they use the talent and the cross that God has given them for the wrong purpose. And what we do not want for you to do is go through your life being a ladder and acting like a chair. We don't want you to go through life pretending to be that butter knife when God made you a screwdriver. Take up the cross that God has given you to bear. Use it for His glory. 
One thing that I know that I love about God that He will not share His glory with anyone. And when you try to share God's glory, to take it upon yourself to share what belongs to Him, there's destruction that follows. Consider your ways. Second Corinthians 5 and 17.
the phone thugs had to go. Now, I'm not saying that right now, if somebody was to hear, if I was to hear that song, that I want to be like, oh, I, I know them verses. See, that's not important to me. That is not my God anymore. What's important to me is that God get the glory out of my life. Because Bone Thugs wasn't doing it for me. Now, I had no I had to line up, and that would be my criteria, that the old things will pass away. So what are those old things for you? Are they mindsets? Are they fears? Are they friends? Are they reputation? Old things have to be passed away. Everything? Everything. If it's old, it has to go. Because in order for you to be new in Christ, old things are going to have to be passed away. And you say, it's going to take some time. I get that. That's between you and God. That's what you really want. It's going to go faster than you think. If that's what you really want, you'll find it easy to drop some of those bad habits. Thank you. Now, I don't want to leave nothing out. Is it old hangouts? Is it old books that you enjoy? It's in your way. Old friends? Old responses? Television shows? Young people, this is for you too. I have seen some of the cartoons that they are showing today, and I'm like, goodness gracious. I don't even think kids should be watching these cartoons. But old things are passed away. And what, what used to um, entertain me, and my wife convicted, convicted me on this. So uh, one day I was watching this thing, and this guy had said something vulgar, and I was laughing so hard. And she said, I'm concerned for what entertains you. I was like, this girl just blew my high right there. But she was right. She was right on the money. I'm professing myself as a Christian, but the vulgarity and the nastiness of this world was entertaining me. Sweet, uh, fresh water and bitter water does not come out the same fountain. Consider your ways. What else? So we are reconciled to God. All things become, all, I mean, behold, all things become new. Oh, one more thing. Even what you spend your money on, God told me that too. Even what you spend your money on has to change. What you let define you has to change. Who you seek approval from has to change. There is no room for your old mess and a new God in your life. There will always be a warring inside yourself if you're not fully surrendered. Who wants to live old? Who wants to have the same old stuff? Who wants to have the same old? I would not want somebody to see me now that knew me back when and say, you're the same old savage guy. That should be a change in me. That should be a change in me. It's like, man, you're looking good. Something's different about you. He changed you from the inside out. And I know it's the same shell, but I guarantee you, the outside has to change when the inside is changed. It is the same shell, but there is going to be some, th- some the things that are going to be different. I was talking to somebody the other day. I can't remember who it was, but they said that um, going home to go visit some old friends, and they were the same age, but they had looked 20 years older. Oh, Pastor Linda, she said these guys, she had some family members that was uh, unsaved, not saying that unsaved people age faster, but she said that they were doing the smoking and the drinking and the... And the uh, the old, the, the nightlife thing. And she had uh, one cousin that was living for God. And the lady looked just as young, but they were all the same age. 
They were all in their 50s, but she looked like she was 40. And they looked like they were 70. There is a change. That's something that's going to happen on the inside. Until your ways. You see your friends. You see those friends. You know the ones that are doing the, doing the things that are not supposed to be doing. You, you see how older they look and how unrefreshed they look. Galatians 4. This will be my last scripture for you. Galatians 4. And I'm going to read uh, uh, seven, seven verses where I'm going to be ending up at, but I'm going to read it to the uh, first, uh, first through the seventh verse. Definitely better than Daddy Warbucks. She was like, oh, maybe. 
Maybe now I see a little bit because some things kind of trip us up. So let me take a let's let's go let's walk through that. God saved you, made you heir with Christ Jesus. Because you don't feel that you're worthy enough, because He made you worthy, you don't feel like you're worthy enough. You come into His house, but you still have an orphan mentality. And uh, what I love about it, I was, I was thinking about how uh, they were making fun of Paris Hilton. She's one of the celebrities or whatever, and she had come into. She was the heir to the Hilton. If you don't know, she's the heir to the Hilton um, hotel chain. And she was talking about Walmart. She said, do they sell walls there? And at first I thought, oh man, that girl's dumb. But what, she, what I had to realize is that she had never been exposed to that. She had only been exposed to the, the higher ends of life. So when she was asking that question, she wasn't trying to show stupidity. She wasn't trying to show. She was showing that that's where her level of life was. So when God called you, he saved you, made you heir, adopted you. That's what the scripture said. He adopted you. Mind, and like I said before, old mindset has to change. So what old mindset do we still have? Do we go into the kingdom of God and so used to having tuna fish and beans and weenies that when he presents lobster and steak to you that you be like, oh, well, let me, let me just settle for this. He said, I don't have that here for you. What I have for you is the best of the best. I don't get caught up on the tuna fish and beans and weeds. I enjoy it myself sometimes, but I'm thinking spiritual. And he says, "What do you want to What do you want to do today?" He said, "Well, I, and what I what I saw about little orphan Andy when she first came in, and they said, what would you like to do?'" She said, "Well, I want to first. I want to start off with the chairs. Then I'm going to watch the stairs." She's like, "No, no, no, Andy. What do you want to do today? What do you want to enjoy today?" Think about yourself. Consider yourself. When you come into the house of God and they say, what do you want to do? Well, I know what I used to do back in the day. But what I'm going to do, I just want to sit down. I was active in the world and I gave the world 100%. Then I found myself that I want to come to church and I want to sit in the back. And I want to sit down in the chair and I want to praise what's going on. I want to praise, but I don't know if I'm really accepted. I'm not really, I'm not sure if God would really meant what he said when he made me a it's too easy, Pastor Brosen. It's too easy just to be just receive this salvation. It's too easy for me to be have access to all this stuff, to line up with his will, and to walk it out. That's just too easy. It's something there has to be some kind of sacrifice. Oh, but there is. There is a sacrifice. You gotta give up something. Is it something? No, you got to give up everything. He put his name on you. So that when people see you, they don't see Jesus, they see Jesus Christ. That's God's son right there. So he said, son, whatever you need, I got you. You need healing for your mom? Oh, this is, this, oh, this is wonderful. He showed it to me. You know how we, we come up here for prayer for our ailing bodies and their sickness? And sometimes some people go away and they don't they don't really get healed. Yes, and then there's a criteria that some people may have doubt. Uh-huh. But hear what I'm saying that your, your father, he is a healer. Yes, yes. How will you go with God? Oh, yes. Hey Dad, our best friend college, she has some she has some pain in her leg. He's got the best doctors. Dad, can you get your best doctors and have her come? And if there's a problem, he probably can fly her out there to where she needs to be. Thank you. I know my, my I know my dad can take care of it, Kyle. Don't worry about it. 
I know you're in good hands. My daddy, he has never failed me. He's taking care of me. Can you boast in that? But when you come up to the altar, your faith lined up with what God can do. Anything's possible. Oh, there's a qualification there too also. I saw that in the scripture. It says, let he among you, if you're anybody, anybody's sick. Let's go there right quick. James 5, 13 through 16. I'll read it real quick. You don't got to go there. 13 through 16. It says, any of you afflicted, let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing songs. Let any of you sit among you, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he had committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Confess your faults one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. And it says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much. What does righteous mean? I mean, what does beverage mean? It means passion. What does availeth mean? It means benefit. So is there any elders in the house? Stand up. If you can stand. Any elders? We got elders in the house. Please take a seat. Is there any among you sick? I'm talking about qualification here. We got the elders. And we know that our elders, they have the favorite prayer. And we know that our elders are righteous. Oh, that's the one these elders. You understand what I'm saying? So they're qualified in their spot. You're qualified in your spot. What are you waiting for? Line your face up with God's power. Watch things happen. I'm a believer. When I pray for somebody, I don't have to worry about what they're not going to do. I've lined my face up with God and I've lined my face up with them. I'm on point with my faith. You want something to happen? I'm with you. I want it to happen for you too. I'm saying I believe you, God. He's my daddy work up, God. I know that you can. Do your thing. It ain't happened for you yet. I did my job. Are you sure? Is there everything that you had in line? Did you confess your sins? That's what it says in it. Why would you put that? Confess your sins. Is something missing? Remember what I said that there you gotta follow it all out. So those promises can work out for you. And one thing also God showed me is that, like I said before, that God would not share His glory with anything. They could do all things according to His glory, His riches and glory. So if there's still an ounce of your glory in there, be careful. You want it to happen. You want your ounce of glory that you want other people to see that you did this thing? Be careful. He wants to get all the glory. So back to the orphanage. Is there anything in your life that you still have an orphanage mindset for? That you can't believe that, oh, God can do all things great and all things small. Nothing that he cannot do. And you're still holding on to these orphanage mindsets. And, and even worse than that, you're going back to the orphanage taking advice from orphans who haven't even been adopted yet. Why would you listen to them? What benefit is that of you for your life? If he said that you are and you are his son, you belong to him and everything that he said that you could have, you got it. Why are we going back to the orphanage? 
so they can tell us what they don't have, so that we can uh, have compassion on them and find ourselves going right back to those old orphanage ways. That's not how he designed it. When he called you over here, he wanted you to stay. He wanted you to err. He didn't waste his time to make you err so that you could go back into that world. You are here to stay. If you have not made that decision, make it today. Yes, God. Yes. Now, as I close, I want I want to uh, share this uh, scripture for you. Please understand. I love the parables of God. It really blessed my soul. I want to share a quick parable with you. It's in Matthew's, the 13th chapter, in the 44th verse. And it said, "The kingdom of God." It's like a hidden treasure in the field. And when the man found it, covered it up, he sold all that he had, and he bought that field. Now, I know Pastor David always talks about kingdom people and living the way God had intended us to live. This was a perfect example, is that this was, this is what God did. When he bought that field, he sold all that he had. He gave his only begotten son. And he bought it, he bought that field. Now, it could be more things in that field. It could be more treasure. Some great things inside you. Place some great things inside you, individually. And he said that I want, a, I, want a, I want the whole kit caboose. I want everything that person has. I'm going to give everything for you. Look at this stuff. Gave everything for me. And if you read one scripture down in the, the, the 45th verse of that same it's chapter, it says that, uh, it talks about a pearl. Is it the yeah, pearl? My wife. And it was just one thing. And he said that he, he told all that he had to get that one thing. And I was thinking to myself, one thing, it was that important. One thing, you, one. So then the flip side to that, he did that for us. How about you? What is your response? Are you willing to sell everything that you have for the treasure that is Jesus Christ in your life? Like I said before, if you, if you really, really want it, Everything that you're selling, let me tell you what that is. That is the old stuff. Because what you still have will be new in Jesus Christ. So are you willing to sell every, everything? I am. I'm willing to sell everything. Because when I realized that the old stuff, the things that I had, the things that did not benefit my life, I was just basically being a little butter knife. Trying to make it work. God called me a screwdriver. I haven't trouble with the Phillip head screws. Flat head screws I can do it a little bit, but that's not how God created me. He did not make you butter knives. He did not make you chairs. He made you ladders. He made you hammers. He made you tools for his service. So if you are tired, I ask you to come and I ask the elders to come with me and join with me. We're going to pray for you. If you want to just stay in your seat, that's fine too. But I want you to have to consider that this is a decision that needs to be made today. That you give over everything. And that you, when you seek His Word, you will find those qualifications and you would walk them out fully. Not halfway. And that you would have the mindset no longer as an orphan, but as an heir to the throne. An heir to the throne. That means in your worship, you worship like God is yours. When you pray, 
You pray with the confidence that what you ask your father for is going to come to pass. That when you witness that you have the expectation that a seed is being planted, that they will come to Christ. They will come to know your father. Those old friends at the orphanage, he's got room for them. Don't you want your orphanage friends to come on and come to Christ? I know I do. Don't be selfish with this thing. Well, Brother Giles, I'm just doing all I can just to stay safe. Did I tell you that's not enough? It is not enough just to stay safe. There has to be some fruit. There has to be some fruit. Just release all that you have, your goodness, in their lives, Father God. May they both know you, the goodness, your goodness, God, your love, your joy, God, your peace. We thank you for that today. Thank you for your healing, oh God. Huh. Even over this young man, Father, we thank you for your healing. Over Malcolm, God, thank you. Bringing him through a difficult situation. Oh, 
Thank you, God. Father, just continue to heal this man of God. Continue to build him up. Cause him to be to walk in the power and the authority that you have already ordained for his life. Father, we thank you that you have brought him to a point of transformation, a point of turning all the way to you, God. Father, may this word that was spoken into his life today, we know he received it by faith. Father, may he walk out everything that was spoken to him today. We believe you for the increase. We thank you for your people, God, for loving your people so much, oh God. Every need is you who supplies the needs. So we thank you for that today, Father God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Your blessing upon your people, God. Hallelujah. We thank you for the increase of your word. Thank you for the increase, O oh God, of your anointing in the lives of those who have come, Father God. It is you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Show yourself strong. Show yourself mighty in their lives, God. That we meet every condition, Father God, of your word. That we meet every condition. <laughs> every promise. Hey, every promise. Hey, every promise. Hey, yes, and amen. Every promise, God. Hey, God of us. Because we receive of you, God. Oh, we know that you have it for us, God. <laughs> all we have to do is position ourselves in your wheels. And we know that all that you have for us comes to pass. We thank you for that today, oh God. For you are good. You are good. You are good. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you today. Come on, as we receive from you, Father, receive from you. Oh, your love, your peace, oh God. Your reassurance that we need that you are for us. And if you be for us, God, who can be against us, Father? Thank you for every promise today. Hallelujah. Your will, your will, your will. Being done, God. Your will be done. Hallelujah. Thank you today, God. Showing yourself strong and mighty. Confirming your presence in our lives, oh God. Thank you for that today. In the name of Jesus. Confirming, oh God. Confirming your love, God. Hallelujah. Confirming your love. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Confirming your love, God. Confirming your love, God. Oh, God, confirming your love. Oh, you said that you love us with an everlasting love, God. Your love will never be withdrawn from us, God. Your love will always remain. For you are love. You are the very essence of love. That as your children, we receive your love. We're no longer orphans. We're no longer castaways, God. But we have the right to call upon your mighty name. We have the right, God, to call upon you. Surround her, God, with your love today. Surround her with your love, God. As you reassure us that you love us unconditionally, oh God. All that you have in store, God, is released available to us, God. We just receive, God. It's not even hard. Even as we heard the word, it's not difficult, God, to live for you. It's not. It's not, God. 
It's not hard to let go, God. Father, we need to trust you. Trust you to do that. I know for some that may seem like a difficult word, but Father, we go beyond what we think, and we go beyond our own limitations, and we just say, Lord, just have your will. Have your will. Have your way, oh God. Hallelujah. Come on, presence of the Lord is in this place. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Do what needs to be done, oh God. Hallelujah. You do the leading, God. Let you be seen, Father. <laughs> oh, Lord, we just want to be used of you, God. Just vessels, Lord. Those who say yes to you, Father. Whatever you tell us to do, we do it. Tell us to speak, we speak. You tell us to go, we go. We are just available to you, Father. We want people to see you, God. We need to see you. We need to see you, God. I want people to know you, not ourselves, but to know you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Man, we don't want to get in the way. I like that song. God, take the lead. Yes, God. No orphan mentality. I really like that. That is really good feedback. Come on. Just watching God's people. Let's stop walking with as orphans. Like we can't come to God and He doesn't love us and He doesn't receive us. Come on, let's go. But Bible tells us to come boldly before the throne of grace. We come boldly because we need help. We come boldly because we need Him.
him having a heart to for you, God. His desire is for you, God. Father, we thank you that he surrenders his life to you. We're just so glad, Lord, that you have called him and planted him here with us, God. Father, we thank you that as you send him off again, Father, we know there's military commitment involved, God, but most importantly, it's you who sent him, God. Father, may he see the purpose that you're sending him for. Father, may he walk even on this trip, God, may it be with greater understanding than all the other trips before. May he see the needs of your people, God, of men and women, God, that need to know you. Father, use him, God. Stir up the gifts that you have placed within his life. Stir him up, God. Stir him up. Stir up his faith, God. Father, that all that he has received since he's been here has been for the, an appointed time. And God, it's his turn to go out and to be released. Hallelujah. To different areas that you're sending him forth, God. Father, we believe for good reports. God, that you're going to have him, his ears open to you, God. In tune to the needs of your people. He's going to know how to pray, God. When to pray for specific needs. He's going to know when to speak into specific situations. Father, he's going to walk under your anointing and be led by the Holy Spirit, God. Oh, Father, we thank you for keeping his heart, keeping his mind. Keep him focused, God, even as he's flying those airplanes, God, that you are with him. We already know that he trusted you. Father, we thank you that even as he's at the wheel, God, he would just feel your presence. Oh, God, that you would just even overshadow him with joy. With understanding as he's doing your work, God. Watch over everyone in his squadron, everyone who will go with him, Lord God. We pray safety and protection over that entire body, Father. Oh, Lord, and bless this wonderful wife, Sarah. She's here. Father, we thank you that you continue to give her with, give her peace. Let her see her purpose in you, oh God. That she grows stronger in you even while Gary's away. That she grows closer to you, Father, even while he's away. Father, this time will go fast, God. It will seem like but only a moment, God, because they have been drawing closer to you and then to one another. Thank you for every need being met, every provision, God. You've already supplied it. Thank you for favor, God, to do what needs to be done, we pray. In Jesus' name. Love you guys. Thank you all so much. Thank you so much. That's your introduction. Just want me to introduce you again. Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand praise for the most assembly God. We let God use him, didn't we? Good, good truth. Some good truths coming. You may be seated.